the word why, what a curious word. The kind of word that can make us cringe, feel defensive, or even distant. But you know, sometimes why is the key. A key that can unlock so much to our lives. Join me as we explore the why with fascinating contributors to the world. Those that entertain us, inform us, teach us about life, and if we're lucky, inspire the next in all of us. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger, and welcome to Headroom, a production of Rainlight and co-produced by Old Soul. Let's go. All right, we are spending time with uh, Mario Lopez. Uh, you know, look, you people know who Mario is. He's we see him on TV um, and in entertainment uh, across this country and world, and we've been seeing him for for quite some time. He doesn't he doesn't look it, but it's been quite some time. Uh, I think we're actually of a similar age, and so I've grown up knowing and watching Mario and enjoying his uh, his work. But we're going to talk today about some work that I think is probably, I'm going to speak for him, but he's going to correct me, but it feels much more like a passion project in his ability to support financial inclusion and independence um, that also supports his Mexican-American heritage. Uh, Mario, how are you today, sir? I'm doing well, Rod. Thank you very much uh, for having me on your show. Well, okay, look, I want to talk with you about being an entrepreneur, but I want to start back to when you were younger. Um, and we're not going to, by the way, I think it'd be, it would be too much of a layup, not to bring a sports analogy in here to sort of talk about Saved by the Bell and the things that sort of launched you on the national scene. People can read that, that backstory uh, in other publications and that kind of a thing. Sure. I want to talk about your, your heritage, your family, when you think about the word entrepreneur, because I think folks of our shared generation, we didn't grow up understanding the word entrepreneur. Like that didn't even, that wasn't a part of our ether at all. I mean, it was, maybe you had a parent or a friend that had a business, but really it was, you kind of did potentially what your parent or your family or your community did. If I grew up in Detroit, people worked in the automotive industry. That's just kind of what you did. Now, young people growing up saying, how many businesses am I going to start before I'm even out of high school kind of a thing, right? They've got their own branding and YouTube and TikTok and all these sorts of things. For you, Mario, when did you start to realize that you could be a business of one um, and that you could make an impact. When did that maybe the word entrepreneur come in and when you had sort of a sensibility about what that could mean for you? Well, first of all, you're right. I'm incredibly envious of this generation because you can literally learn anything on YouTube and you can have platforms where you can create your own brand and generate revenue at a very early age. You see these little kids opening up gifts, making millions of dollars. <laughs> and, uh, um, I encourage my kids to get their little business hat on and my daughter's starting something on Etsy. She's just turned 11. And so I'm very proud of her, but you're right. It's, it's, there's so much information that's accessible and at your fingertips now that we didn't have um, growing up, but being a child of immigrants, my parents are from Mexico. You know, they instilled a very strong work ethic. Um, blue collar folks. My dad worked for uh, the city. My mom worked for the phone company. But it wasn't exactly the most upscale neighborhood where I grew up. I was a border town kid in Chula Vista. I used to see Tijuana from my yard. And I loved it. I wouldn't change a thing. It's like I had a foot in both worlds. Um, but they always instilled a strong work ethic that there were no shortcuts. And anything you want, just had to really work hard for it. And that was, their, I think, the, 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 the goal, along with millions of others of immigrants, to come here with uh, very little money and to, to have a better life for the children, right? And so I didn't want to ever disappoint them. I mean... Um, we were, uh, again, blue collar, we were immigrants, we were Catholic, um, 
And so I had a lot of guilt <laughs> and uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to disappoint them. And um, I just knew that I wanted to try to do as much as I can to not have them pay for uh, college growing up. I could help them out and ease in the burden that would, um, that would, uh, I think I'd be doing my part and they, and they would be proud. But once I sort of fell into the entertainment business, because it wasn't something I wanted to do, I just fell into it. And then I, I, I sort of fell in love with it once I did, because, uh, you were discovered right at a dance recital when you were 10. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, I was 10 years old. Um, somebody approached my mom, asked her if I was interested in uh, getting into like print work, commercials. My mom was like, what's that? I explained it to her. <laughs> old school, and, right? <laughs> yeah, old school. And then, you know, I read really well as a kid. I didn't necessarily comprehend everything, but my reading skills are high. <laughs> and I talked a lot. <laughs> so my mom was like, well, he doesn't shut up. And <laughs> he reads really well. Why not? I wasn't shy. I always like talking to adults. So just uh, again, I, I got together with a local uh, agent in, in uh, San Diego, and uh, and then uh, the rest is sort of history. And she moved to LA and started doing auditioning stuff to LA. So everything I am and and uh, ever will become is because of uh, uh, my parents, and I don't I don't uh, take that uh, for granted. But um, it's a very fickle business, uh, as you know, and everything's sort of a the short term job. There's there's no long term security for that matter. So I sort of got my uh, as a long answer to your question, my entrepreneur hat and uh, my hustle on, if you will, um, realizing uh, that there are no rules. So whether it's hosting, acting, singing, dancing, why not be able to do it all? And why not sort of create a brand for yourself that uh, you can have sort of impact and maybe stand out from the pack? Let's talk about the the impact of of representation. I mean, look, in 2022, I think we're doing a better job of representing what an American is, what an American might look like. Now we've got a lot of sociopolitical issues going on and we're banning books and we've got a lot of things that could be challenging us in the near term. Did you ever feel a sense of responsibility representing the Mexican American culture um, in what you did? And did that impact decisions that you made so that you could make a difference and carve a new path so that there wasn't this, you know, perceived tokenism in that regard? Because I, my sense of you is that you've worked really hard to carve your own path to your point. Why not be able to do it all? And I would think that that had to have been sort of in the back of your mind at some point in your career. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I didn't, I, because where I grew up, I, I saw certain paths that I could have gone down and I saw bad examples and I didn't want to be a bad example. I knew I wanted to be a good example. And I wanted to embrace, um, a label of role model. Other little Latin kids can say, hey, look, he came from a neighborhood like I did. If he can do all right, then maybe I can too. And I didn't think it was that hard other than staying out of trouble, keeping a pretty clean cut. And I consider myself very all-American, um, but at the same time, proud of my culture and very Latino. Um, and I think those two worlds can coexist and, and, and kind of represents what America is uh, all about. Because um, I, I love everything about uh, America and, and I love everything about my culture. It doesn't necessarily mean I have to hit you over the head with a tortilla to tell you about it. I just think that uh, um, there's a way to, to sort of represent uh, your community and uh, to set a good example for uh, the young people out there. When we think about your journey as an entrepreneur in the entertainment space, are there lessons learned when you sort of look back retrospectively and you say, man, that was a mistake, or I, I trusted when I shouldn't have trusted? Because I think the parallels in entertainment, you could, you could draw that to corporate America, startups, and any industry, fintech, like we'll talk about with, uh, with Broxel, 
talk about some of the lessons that you learned as an entrepreneur, because again, because you carved your own path, that to me is exactly what an entrepreneur does. The thing about the entertainment industry, at least starting off too, you're not in charge of your own destiny, right? And you can be the most talented person and it's got to do a lot with timing and, and, and luck and opportunity that's presented. And I recognized that early. So that's why I wanted to try to do as many different things to therefore create more opportunities. Um, as far as lessons and mistakes made, there was a lot of mistakes, not necessarily in the entertainment industry, but uh, <laughs> just in life. And it seems like I learned them the hard way. Um, and as far as investments, uh, there's a lot of uh, bad ones that I, not a lot, I should say. I, I'm happy to say only like a few, but one that sticks out is when I was 18, um, I invested a bar in a bar in Tijuana, <laughs> which I had a lot of fun for a few years. Awful investment. <laughs> but it sounded really cool when you were 18 years old, you know? Um, and so, you know, you learn certain things the hard way. When you grow up without money and you start making some, then you can either be very flashy and, and uh, uh, flamboyant about it, or you can be sort of guarded and think that uh, it, it's going to go away and get taken real quick. So you better save for a rainy day. And, uh, and that was me. And I've never sort of let that mindset go. <laughs> Headroom is produced by Old Soul, a one-stop marketing agency that understands the power of brand and nuance. Reach out to my guy, Matt, at Old Soul and supercharge your brand and content strategy. That's Old Soul. Shoot Matt a note at aoldsoul.com. That's A-O-L-D-S-O-U-L.com. And now back to our guest. <laughs> Lesson learned. Yeah. Um, let, let's talk about from an entrepreneur perspective. So one challenge I think a lot of entrepreneurs have, regardless of the sector that they're in, is understanding the value and relationship to brand. If anyone's going to have a perspective on that, it's going to be somebody that's worked in Hollywood because in essence, you are either as good as your last project or as good as the one you just signed up on. And it's always yeah. your face that represents that brand. Can you talk, because I do think you talked about your 11 year old, right? I've got a nine and seven year old and the same kind of thing, like what do they want to do? But it's all about from their vantage point because they've got confidence. You and I were never even sort of we didn't even have access to <laughs> because it wasn't our world. So help me help help the audience understand the role brand plays and how you thought about that over time. Because I think Broxel is probably part of this. If I'm thinking about sort of chapters in somebody's life and we'll talk about that, but this is an opportunity to expand people's experience of you and that's brand. No, you're right. And I think when I had the opportunity and honor to work with uh, Dick Clark, um, may he rest in peace, that, did he have a huge influence on me? Um, and sort of got me thinking about myself as a brand. And um, he, he always, uh, and, we, and I was proud to call him a friend, he sort of took me under his wing, and he always said, you know, um, Mario, you should really focus more on hosting because apparently you have the personality for it and you're sort of like a natural host, but you can be on TV for the next 50 years and you can parlay that into whether it's uh, uh, endorsement, sponsorships, uh, just, just sort of, it's a powerful thing to be invited to people's family rooms and have them look at you and feel comfortable and consider you sort of a friend, um, essentially. And, uh, and and you've got like the, the image for it. So they never stray from your brand. And I'm like, well, what's my brand? I was thinking about it. And I'm like, I always think I'm like the five Fs. I'm all about like family, faith, fitness, food, and fun, right? That would be the umbrella of like the, the brand. And, and obviously my culture is a big part of that too. And 
um, I think uh, uh, being a host now, whether it's my National Syndicated Radio Show or on Access Daily or Access Hollywood, I'm, I'm in your TV every day or you can hear me on the airwaves. And that I, I, I want to be that sort of friendly, comfortable place or in your hotel rooms, over a million hotel rooms that you feel comfortable with and um, that uh, is not uh, um, divisive. So I never talk politics, I never talk religion, even though I'm, that, I'm a man of faith. I like to, uh, um, I don't want to alienate anyone. Um, I'm in the people business. I want everyone to like me and watch me. And I don't want to give them an excuse to change the channel. So uh, <laughs> are you an entrepreneur or are you an entertainer? Both. I don't think that you need to have, be exclusive. You know, that's a fair point. Um, how has it changed you when you think about, if you put your dad hat on, when you think about the, the roles, the decisions that you make as an entrepreneur and entertainer, um, how are you impacted by being a father? Well, I mean, that's the best thing that ever happened to me and quite the blessing. I've got three kids. It was up to me. I keep going. Um, my wife's kind of over it, though. But uh, <laughs> um, it, it, I, like I said, I've always had sort of a hustler mentality and, and um, a, a strong work ethic. But I think it went to another level once I started having kids. And once you start playing, paying for private school, too, that gives you a lot of incentive. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I might host that next program, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's connect to Broxel. So I, I shared with you off air that I spent some time with Gustavo Gutierrez, the president and CEO. And I asked him, I said, tell me about Mario Lopez and his inclusion in, into the Broxel family. And it was, it was a, it was a wonderful, just, I know people can't see the expression, but he, it was almost like, why wouldn't we, you know, I mean, just, he, he was effusive in his praise for you as a human being and, and your passion for supporting, not just people of your heritage, um, but participating in sort of this new, I think, new way where it is about inclusion and independence. Talk about why Broxel, because I would imagine as an entertainer and entrepreneur, you get a lot of offers to be able to participate and be an ambassador of sorts, but that this is something that's different. Is that fair? Yeah, you mentioned it earlier about it being a passion uh, project, and, and it really is. And like I mentioned, being a child of immigrants, I'm very well uh, aware of the, the billions of dollars that are literally sent um, to Mexico from the U.S. every year. And remittances are a very important source of the economy um, for, for Mexico. And, and my family included, extended family, and a lot of friends, they're, they're always sending money back. And, and that money is incredibly important because whether it's medical supplies for, for school um, necessities, rent, whatever the case may be. And, you know, unfortunately, the Latino community is uh, accustomed to paying a lot of high fees for the money that's uh, being sent. Um, and what I like about Roxel Pay is they're, they're making a, a huge impact on, uh, on, on this uh, financially to, to save people and to, and to uh, save money for, uh, taking, by taking away the fees. And I just think it's, it's really cool because every single dollar counts um, and people are going to save every time they send. So that's something that I can get behind, something that's um, relatable to me. And um, I just think it's a great thing that'll help a lot of people. Gustavo and I talked about it. I'd love your perspective. I know you don't talk politics, but we'll, we'll skirt the edges here on this, in this regard. We were talking about, you know, in this country that you and I share in the U.S., that sometimes we're not terribly good at being inclusive when it comes to immigrants that come to this country. And we think about financial independence. There can be this, you know, struggle to feel that you're a part of the discussion and not sort of uh, in the shadows. And hearing him talk about Broxel and what has been going on since 2011 that sort of dawned on me that this is really, this provides a sense of 
pride and really a sense of agency to participate in the economy in a way that has not really been able to be done before from immigrants that come here. What are your thoughts on that? Because it just feels very, it just feels like you can sit up a little bit straighter and know that you're participating actively in an economy, a thriving economy in that regard. Am I far afield on that? Or Gustav and I far afield in, in, in that no, thought you're, process? You're, you're exactly right. And that's what made it uh, an easy yes. And it was explained to me because you do feel, feel good about it and you know it's uh, helping people uh, directly. And, and it's not a complicated thing. It's at the end of the day. Um, you know, that people are going to be saving money. And, and like I said, every dollar counts. So, you know, I'm just kind of here to raise the awareness level and let people know that uh, this, in fact, is, uh, is uh, launching, exists, and, and it can help um, a lot of people. If we are giving advice, if you're hosting or moderating an event full of, uh, you know, up and coming entrepreneurs, what advice would you have for them? What do you think would be your area of expertise? And even if I refine that question, if, if, if I'm moderating a panel and I've got different entrepreneurs and you're one of them that's up there, um, wh what would be your area that you would say, you know what, Rod, this is the, this is the zone I really can kind of lean into when I think about what these young people are about ready to partake on or in? Well, for me, I can only speak from my personal experience. And I think it's something that you have to be absolutely in love with and passionate and, and not be able to do, uh, you can't live without doing it because I think that's the only way it'll consume you, whether your time, your focus, uh, and all your energy. Um, because if it's not, then there are no short, shortcuts in, in life and to success. And you really got to let it kind of consume you and whatever that is, um, you, you have the resources now and, and, and the uh, capability of, of being as knowledgeable as you can about it. And at the same time, having a lot of people sort of help you and setting up a network that can, can really uh, set you up. That's why I'm envious of, again, this generation, because there's so many uh, different ways that um, they can expose themselves to things, to learn certain things. And I'm excited for my kids and, and the future. I think they're uh, in good hands. Let's let's talk about your personal relationship with success and with money. How is your relationship when you think about it, like when you sort of close down at the end of the night, how has your relationship with success changed over time? And have you been able to understand yourself a little bit better through the sort of the highs and the lows? I mean, I still am that kid that think everything's going to go away. I never get complacent. I never feel like I settle and want to like just take a deep breath and relax. Um, I, I, I don't, I still feel very hungry and, and, you know, maybe I shouldn't, I know I'm not going to starve, <laughs> but uh, again, just having responsibilities other than yourself, I think provides an extra motivation and, um, and you, you want to, my kids are growing up a very different life than I did. And that isn't, uh, I, I'm very well aware of that. So there's that tough balance, right? You don't want to spoil them and you want to keep them, um, sort of expose them to a lot of things, but I do, what I do want to, the only way they learn um, really is, or I, I feel one of the best ways they learn is by setting an example. And I think if they see their dad working his butt off every day and getting up early um, and doing things, maybe sometimes he doesn't want to, then they'll know that, Hey, you know, he's, he, it's not, it's not easy. He's still got to, he's still got to bust his butt. Mara, if you had not been discovered at around the age of 10, what do you think you would have been doing? Obviously, you were a big talker. You weren't afraid of, of people or, or the public in that regard. Like, how do you think we would be experiencing you in 2022? Well, I always thought about that um, because I actually, when I was younger too, I wanted to 
uh, be a news anchorman, which ironically I kind of ended up. But, you did. Uh, it had, uh, but for the all the wrong reasons, I thought oh, they only work an hour a day. They're on TV. It's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you would see me on uh, on the news somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> What's the moral of the story when we think about Broxel and what it can do? Obviously, it's working now with the Miami Dolphins. What do you think the moral of the story is if you and I revisit this in a couple of years? I think the the first of all, it's a borderless solution, right? To yeah. to save money for a lot of people. So I like that it's bipartisan. It just it has nothing to do with anything other than you're 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 saving money and helping a lot of people. And um, the money is going uh, more money, I should say, is going uh, directly to the family. So um, if, if you're able to do that and help people, then why not? I think at the end of the day, that's really what it's about. Well, keep up the great work. Nice to spend some time with you. I appreciate it, Mario. Oh, you got it, Ron. Thanks, man. Thanks for taking the plunge into Headroom, where we uncover the why behind the what and who impacting our lives. Headroom is a production of Rainlight and co-produced by our friends at Old Soul. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger, and this is Headroom. Headroom.